Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards interview podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And what, dear listeners, are the secrets to giving one? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. Actors can't handle not uh, not working, and they can't handle working. Like, like when I work, I'm like, I don't know if I can. I can't do this. Like, this is too much. And then when I don't work, I'm like, I'm dying out here. You know, it's like, it's like, I just got to make it through this job, man. You know. This guy's 21 years old. Yeah. Jamie, the guest of today's podcast is 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, is that his, a good... <laughs> his CV is more full than most people's, you know, double it's that CV age. from the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, today's guest is Lucas Hedges. Um, yeah. For those of you who, for anyone, I feel like, yeah, for anyone familiar with the Oscar races of the last three years, mm. um, or the last two years, um, you know who he is, because he has starred in... Last year's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Lady Bird, <laughs> both nominated for Best Picture. And the year before, he starred in Manchester by the Sea, nominated for Best Picture, won for Best Original Screenplay, and Lucas himself was nominated for Supporting Actor at the Oscars. Ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. And all of this <laughs> is just, um, it truly is, like, kind of pales in comparison to his 2018, mm. um, in which he's starring in both Boy Erased and Ben is Back, both these um, retellings of real-life experiences, Boy Erased is about gay conversion therapy and religion, and Ben is Back is about a mother and son dealing with the son's drug addiction. But um, the thing that <laughs> I have a note here that, Jamie, that you and I have to talk about is just the same. And we mentioned it in the interview, but, like, the people who have played Lucas Hedges' parents in yeah. all of these projects. <laughs> yeah, you should probably run through them. We... <laughs> really should. We haven't even mentioned the fact that he's currently starring on Broadway in a in a Broadway show, also written by Kenneth Lonergan, who did Manchester by the Sea. So um, Joan Allen plays his mom in this in that show in the Waverly Gallery, which I saw the other day. It's it's wonderful. So in Manchester, uh, Casey Affleck, who did win the Oscar for leading actor, he plays his uncle. But then it was this past year, Francis McDormand yeah. played his mom in Three Billboards. Francis McDormand won. The SAG Award for, they all won the SAG Award for cast, and then she won the SAG Award for individual, and then she went on to win the Oscar, of course, her second. And then this year, so for Boy Race, her <laughs> his parents are played by Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. Yeah. They're incredible. Like, he's phenomenal with both of them. And then in Ben is Back, his mom is played by Julia freaking Roberts. <laughs> What? Yeah. Who has, a, like you said, a CV? Who has a resume that looks like this? No, no one. 
No one. He's on fire, absolutely. And he's a, such a nice guy as well, so I can't, I can't oh, uh, hold great. it against him. <laughs> yeah, we, we spoke to him at a junket in a hotel room, actually, in mm. Midtown, because he is that busy, where he has to court enough time to talk about these, these two films he's in the lead in. He's also starring this year in Jonah Hill's um, feature film debut, which is called Mid-90s. Yeah. But um, I honestly, I gotta be honest here, I started this interview sort of just worried about the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, not just because he's young, like, I, not just because I'm thinking about <laughs> myself at age 21. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, yeah. trying to, yeah, like, trying to put myself in the shoes of someone going, you know, having that many high-profile projects or something at age 21, like, that's insane. But I also just, anyone that overworked, it sounds like, you know, how do you handle it? But but how do you handle it was a, was a great jumping off point for this yeah, interview. So definitely. And he's, he's, he's a very candid person. He's a very thoughtful person. And mm. so he, and he's um, really uh, intricately articulate, I would say. Like he's someone mm. who's really determined to kind of speak, to kind of say exactly what he means. And that, that does make for a great interview too. I think this is a great interview for anyone his age, mm. for anyone who's, uh, or for anyone who's getting that big break and who's becoming a really famous, I mean, not even so much the fame part of it, but who's give, being given these amazing roles. It was interesting to me how brutally honest he was with a lot of things. I mean, obviously uh -huh. he's made that his signature with his work. Um, mm, but, mm -hmm. you know, even admitting that he does a lot of stuff because he wants to be liked, <laughs> which sure. all of us do, of course, but it was yeah. very, very and honest to about be happy and Yeah, yeah. And I liked hearing too, like we we did talk about those many very established, very famous actors playing his parents. And I kind of mm. asked him what he what he's learned from all of them. Um, and I, I really liked his answer to that too. Yeah. So this is a this is a good one for people to hear. We should we should press play. Hey, if you are an actor or an aspiring actor, someone at the beginning of your artistic career, and you haven't signed up for Backstage yet, and you don't know how it works, I have good news for you. Backstage is offering 30 whole days completely free just for our In The Envelope listeners. If you visit backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope, you will have full access to the site where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start applying to the thousands of casting notices uploaded every single day on the world's number one casting platform. Again, we are giving listeners of this podcast 30 days completely free to try out Backstage. Go to checkout, that's backstage.com slash subscribe, and enter the code ENVELOPE. If you want to be in contention for an Emmy or for an Oscar or for a Tony or for a SAG award, do as many of the guests on this podcast have suggested and use Backstage. We are here for you. Again, free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe, enter the code ENVELOPE. Fresh off an Oscar nomination for Manchester by the Sea and a SAG Award Ensemble win for last year's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and currently starring in Kenneth Lonergan's The Waverly Gallery on Broadway, Lucas Hedges is starring in three films in 2018, Boy Erased, Joel Edgerton's retelling of Gerard Conley's experience with gay conversion therapy, Mid-90s, Jonah Hill's skateboarding indie, and Ben is Back, an addiction drama written and directed by his father, Peter Hedges. Here it is, our chat with Lucas Hedges. How are you? I am, um, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm at a baseline level of very good. Oh, okay. But 
in their chaos chaos comes in and out it but doesn't yeah. disrupt the baseline of a po- like genuinely very positive that's experience. an interesting way of putting it yeah usually i'm like <laughs> good terrible like okay like okay. you know <laughs> but it's been more consistently it's good been, I, yeah 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 it's is been there good. some um zen state thank of you. like thank you so much being super busy like you get so busy well, that you're like <laughs> oh one is still and one is sparkling oh my god <laughs> um, fancy I'd say oh wow I feel so amazing sitting with these mics yeah this is so cool um uh I think it has something to do with the pro the project I'm working on right now mm-hmm. um which one uh, the Waverly Gallery Broadway. the play yes. Broadway good okay <laughs> I can't believe you're on Broadway. It's in promoting three movies. Yeah, right. Well, uh, to answer your question, the chaos. Um, I love. I I'm love. I love working on this play. I love the people I'm with, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I feel. I feel like I'm on. Like I'm. I'm really just making positive choices. Making a lot of good choices mm-hmm. in my life. So I think that has something to do with. As it. far as like, do you think of it as a work-life balance? Um, I wouldn't say there's, I'm getting that much life in, Okay. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if the work, but is... I also think that that's like, I don't know that well, I, I like to think about people who do nine to five jobs. And I, I, I don't think that I think they work. A lot of people are like, how do you, how do you, I can't imagine doing a show, mm. but it's like, in reality, we do like two and a half hours of work a day we do our play for two and a half Mm. hours and everybody else works like nine hours more Mm. um right and that's a really really reasonable amount of that's like insane how sure but it's a little emotionally draining and confusing at times right (laughs) but um basically what i'm i don't have no idea what i'm trying to say let's just keep talking it's brilliant maybe i'll figure um that well that's almost why i i my 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 First question is almost along the lines of like, are you okay? Because yeah, yeah. those two and a half hours of work, as you say, yeah. it's pure emo- it's is a lot yeah. of emotion. It's very I do feel very wired when I get home at night. And a lot mm. of my my work right now is just about like finding a way to calm down my body mm-hmm. because it's so excited that it I, it's very hard to fall asleep at night. Oof. Yeah. Because I, I also talk to the audience in the show, mm-hmm. as you'll find out. Um, so to be just present with 800 people who are looking at right at you is like, it's confusing. It's like sure. not a very normal thing. And you have to do that thing where you put the role behind you when you go home. Or... Yeah, I mean, the fortunately, I'm playing a character who's like actually like isn't going through some crazy trauma and okay. is like actually like <laughs> a, 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 a stable adult who's uh-huh. telling us like... I'm the narrator, so or the I'm telling the story, so I'm actually in many respects the most stable thing in the play. Mm, okay, um, which is possibly why I feel very grounded in my life right now. So. Yeah, and there, there's a nice um, eight shows a week, as you say. It does sound crazy, but it's got that consistency where once you're in that yeah. routine, right? You're yeah, it feels monastic or like meditative, even. Yeah, you know? well, a lot of Broadway performers have put it that way. That it's it's isolating in a way, right? You're talking 800 yeah. people, but you're like. In your own zone. Yeah. It the the thing that I do like a lot about this show is I feel like when I when I leave it, it's it's like actually easier for me to look somebody in the eye than it is like that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like sometimes it's 
it feels uncomfortable to make mm. eye contact with another person. But when I leave the show, I feel I feel very like I don't know confident in 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 my I in in how I engage in mm. interactions. I guess is. Did um, Yen did the your off Broadway play? Did that prepare you for this? Um, it it prepared it prepared me in some ways in that. Um, well, just li- literally knowing that, knowing what it means to use my voice in a space for like, so, so I had that experience, which was very important. Mm. Um, it also showed me, uh, it, it, ga- it, all, it gave me trust in that I had an understanding that uh, it, the show naturally deepens if you just keep showing up. Like, mm. the, to some extent, when you get, I, I think when you get to a certain point in the process, your job is just to literally keep showing up. It's not even about mm-hmm. like you've done all the, the um, cool preliminary work, and then you just, then you just, it's about repetition. So, mm. I, once we got into previews, I became sort of like I was like, okay, I I know that when we keep doing, it, it's just going to get deeper and deeper every week, and mm. So, so I, I just w- was able to enjoy the ride more so, mm-hmm. or I have been able to. Without becoming numb to, or not responding to, not reacting to your um, castmates, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, in, in the sense that, like, it, it becomes, becomes it becomes um, actually, I don't know, the word, every, every word I understand more, and everything anybody says to me mean, like, it means something more specific, and... Mm. It's just settled more. It's ma- it's been like mar. It's all just marinating, and now it's just like it's cooked. Kind of hmm. food food analogy is actually kind of apt. Absolutely, because yeah. there's there's prep there's prep involved. You yeah. gotta prepare. Prep that prep that chicken. You know. Yeah, you gotta season it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta season it throughout the process, <laughs> and then you get to eat. Yeah. Um, I want to go back too, because like you were studying theater at yeah. um, North Carolina, School North Carolina. Arts. So what, first of all, like, what happened? And w- would you go back? <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> or do you have plans to go back? No. no. Um, <laughs> all my friends are seniors, too. Um, I um, went to the school... Um, it's where my dad went to school, and mm. I became kind of... Uh, upset. All, all my friends... I went to a small liberal arts school in Brooklyn Heights, and mm. I kind of... Uh, just wanted a completely different life from what I was living in high school. I, there were so many. Uh, I, 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 I think there's a way in which I could frame it that I like. I tried to like run away from a lot of the things that. Sure. A lot of the relationships that I just was like, I want to. I need a fresh start. So, I I chose this school because it was compl- No one I would right. ever know would end up there, and it's where my dad went. And when I toured there. I just felt, I fell in love. There was something really simple and sweet and like fundamental about everything about it. And and I really wanted to have a, tr- like have a training in like playfulness because mm. I felt like I had become an actor who was just acting in a lot of dramas and felt like serious sure. in a way that didn't feel playful. Um, mm. And there's, and I think one of the things that's essential to ser- to being like whatever a serious actor means right. is to be playful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, hmm. anyway, so I was like, there's no way I can keep acting in these movies because I just don't, I, there's some part of myself that I'm not accessing. So I wanted to go to the school and I went there and 
I also thought I'd be the man if I went there. I thought everyone would be like, because my dad's kind of a big deal at this school, and sure, and I, I'd worked in some movies, and I just thought I'd be like, ah, like everybody's gonna think I'm great, and the teachers will <laughs> love me, and I'll just like cruise through. You cruised through, right? right and right, I didn't. Right. I and that really was didn't. The appeal, and that did not happen. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought I'd get a, I'd get sort of the best of both worlds. You know, I'd become the actor I wanted to be, mm. and I'd also be like. Everyone would love me. Not have to work as hard, maybe. Exactly. I wouldn't sure. have to work that much. I'd just, like, sort of be the thing. And, it, and it, like I've said now twice, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... Um, the teachers were very hard on me, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't coast on all the tricks that I had come mm. to coast on in auditions. And, and I just became very, very, very confused and scared and... Like, I don't... Also, halfway through the year, Manchester came out at Sundance. And I wasn't right. even sure if the movie would come out. Because it seemed like it was a... Kind of like a... There's something disastrous about it when we were making mm-hmm. it. It was like... It seemed like the movie wasn't even going to get finished. So, mm-hmm. when it came out and it had the response that it had, I didn't really know how to trust anything that was going on. I didn't trust the positive <laughs> feedback. And I... All I could trust was the negative feedback. I, fe- mm. I felt like I felt like this is the real stuff. So, gotcha. Um, Your baseline the, was not very good. Exactly. No, it was it was very bad. Um, yeah, yeah. A very bad baseline. <laughs> um, but the good news is that Greta Gerwig saw that and then asked me to do Lady Bird, and I was like, just the thought of doing that was more fun, and I thought sure. I could do a good job. So hmm. I was like, I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to go back to school. So, and I made the right choice. Yeah. Well, and I like the idea that playful does, because playful connotes joy and maybe goofiness and funny, but playful for acting, for actors can mean playing in a serious or in a tragic realm. Yeah. And the idea that like, I don't know, there's, I have, I had some, I have, I still even have this idea that like when things get serious, there becomes like a stiff, but like you're still always just passing it back and forth. It's always like mm. a, it's it's always is a uh, an exchange of some kind, and, and and any exchange is playful. There's no such thing as, I mean, hmm. like every exchange cool. you'll ever have in your life is a, is playful. So whether it's serious or not, sure. And that's almost what actors should study or can study. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's valid. Valid. It's yeah. Because looking at the, looking at, with the exception of Lady Bird, which is a little more lighthearted, although you do quite a lot of heavy lifting in that too. It really <laughs> seems like your last five films yes. <laughs> are very dramatic. Yeah. And I got two more coming down, the, coming in the pipeline that'll be pretty, pretty dramatic too. But I, um, yeah, it's starting, to, I remember my, my brother made this joke to me. He was like, he was like, um, or he was just like, he picked up on the fact that I cry and like, every movie I'm in and sure. he was like I was gonna he, he just like made that, it yeah. he made a joke to me about it now all of a sudden I became like hyper aware of it and started freaking out but <laughs> I think he's right in that like I, I don't you know there are other sides to life other oh, yeah. than like tragedy and trauma and, mm-hmm. and those are very real but and and I think it's important that we're telling these stories and that I, I do like that I've sought them out but there's also so much so much else and and I like to think that these parts traffic in everything but mm. I want to play something that like is really 
I just want to. I, I want to have more. I just want to have good. I want to have good times more often. Mm-hmm. So maybe the other kind of playfulness. Yeah, could, you yeah. know, I could go for some of that. Well, I mean, I have to ask, like, where does that, to the extent that you can reveal your your deepest darkest secrets, like, where does the that anguish you just perform the anguish so very well, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> know. I never know how to ask about that because it seems like it has to come from a personal place. Yeah. Imagination or memory, mm-hmm. you know, or a combination of, of both. Mm-hmm. But it seems very real, and that's scary. It must be. Yeah, I think one of the, the reasons why I'm feeling like perhaps I need to take a break from these kinds of roles is that it's mm. stopping feeling scary. Or, oh. or, or, or it never felt scary, mm. and that, that it's always been easier. Like, wow. and that yeah. the scarier thing is actually to like, the, I, an acting teacher once told me that the two things that go out the window when an actor starts working in this, in a space is their sex drive and their sense of humor. That those are the two things that we... In what space? In any like, space? In, in, when, you, when you're acting in front of an audience. Okay. That wow. th- th- those are the two things that you hide oh. in that they're, the, they're like the things that um, perhaps... If you were to reveal, you would be, um, everyone would lose respect for you. Like mm, it's some kind and, of taboo. Yeah, and that mm. to, to to access those parts of yourself in front of people is are the most vulnerable things. So, mm. and in some respects, the least vulnerable thing for me is to access the emotion and that like that somehow is like I think a part of me knows that it elicits some kind of sympathy from people. Ah. So it's like. Of course, then that that would be the avenue that I would jump to mm. because I want to be liked. So, but the in fact the the more challenging thing is the other. So yeah, for me at least, sure. You know, there are comedians who re- rely heavily mm. on on the funniness and and don't know how to go to the other area. The talk about the need to be liked. What is that? Is that something you have to grapple yeah. with? Oh my God, so much. Um, I'm. I just listened to this Charlie, uh, this great um, Charlie Kaufman did this talk at like for BAFTA. I don't really know hmm. what it was for, but he did this like hour long talk, and it's like the greatest thing I've ever heard about. He just he really openly grapples with all these things, and hmm. but for me, yeah, it's kind of strange. Uh, I'm still like. Yeah, it's it still feels like so so so. I mean, so much of what I do is 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 to be liked. It's just yeah. It's, and, and no matter how, no matter how much I consciously try to go against it, it, it it's just um, it's uh, it's really in it's really like in yeah. there. So I guess it has to be. It's part part of the job. In some ways, I mean, I don't th- I don't think it does have to be, but I think. It's really hard for it not to be. Mm. And mm. I don't know. It's it's confusing. I was even thinking about this coming in here. It's like um, what what did like doing these these it's it's really important to support these projects. Mm. But what does it what does it mean to like be do a job that like entails me having to like be. Where, where then I have to requ- requirements where or not even necessarily requirements where I have to like be put in front of a camera and asked questions like what does that tell me about mm. how I, my sense of self and how I th- how I come to think about 
my value? Like, does that, that, do I then start to think of myself as some kind of profit? Like, mm. which I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see myself as that, but sure. I feel like when enough people start to, when your life becomes filled with like people film, like asking you, like it, it sends messages that maybe aren't healthy and aren't helpful or even truthful, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it maybe doesn't have to do, it has nothing to do with me. It's just a part right. of the system, you know? Right. And that's where I, that's, I am fascinated by that part of it. The like in promoting your work, you're putting yourself out there, but it requires a certain calibration of what that is and maybe a little bit of a performance of what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other job where you're, you're kind of then required to go on and be like, and this is why I was good at my job or yeah, do that in front of thousands of people. Yeah. I don't even, I'm not even entirely sure what it is, but it's still, yeah. it's still, it's, just, it's going on. It's happening. Yeah, <laughs> you have no choice but to kind of. <laughs> but it's not. Even, but it's also like, it is also the, a job. It's just mm-hmm. another thing that somebody told me once. Maybe another acting teacher is that actors are the last people on earth who should be actors. And what what he means mm-hmm. by that, what he meant by that is, actors are the last people on earth. They're the only people who can be actors, but they're the last people who can handle what it takes to be in it. Like, mm-hmm. like to. Actors can't handle not uh, not working, and they can't handle working. Oh, like yes. like when I work, I'm like I don't know if I can. I can't do this. Like this is too much. And then when I don't work, I'm like I'm dying out here. You know, <laughs> right. it's like it's like yeah. I just got to make it through this job, man. You know, I got to make it right. through the week, which I guess is true for a lot of people. But hmm. but I think it's particular. I'm a, I'm a very dramatic person, and I'm very. Uh, it, it, at least internally, I'm like a mm. massive drama queen. So. Uh huh. You're in touch with your emotions. You know. Yeah, what they I'm are. also. I don't know. I I just maybe that's what it is. I, I also <laughs> just have a very busy mind. I love that. I mean, as we're as backstage, as you know, backstage listeners of this podcast, um, I think they would really like the idea that that. Um, not necessarily that you're miserable when you're not working and then miserable when you are, but, but it's, a, it's a, is it part of being an artist is to never quite be fully satisfied? Yeah, I think so. I, but at, 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 at this, human. no, I think that's, I think that's true. I don't, but I'm also wondering, cause I'm in pursuit of like a life in which I am not a, a, a tortured artist and I'm definitely like there are degrees of, of tortured artists and I'm definitely if I even do exist mm. on that spectrum I'm not on the extreme end mm. of it uh, but I, I do like to believe that there are people who uh, that the more I can come to just like be a well-rounded grounded human being mm. the better I will be at what I do and mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to be that I don't like to believe that it's that I have to feed into this cycle of like you know, it's a part of the process. It's just to torture yourself about whether or not you're good right. at it. When I, it shouldn't be about how whether if I'm good or bad. Right. Like it, that's it. Just shouldn't be about that. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is also, I think, just weird about being an actor. Is like it's always about like it, it seems to be. It seems to come back to like history and like legacy and like. Mm. Um, and it can't just be like. It can't just be like, oh, like uh, this. This seemed like a. F- I guess it can be. Maybe it's that I'm getting in the way. Maybe it's that I 
I, I'm still I still feel um this need to like uh, uh, to be great at this thing that can actually just be fun. Sure. So that's that's what I'm. I'm, you, I'm also you get big picture when what you want is to be more like. Exactly. Moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And more just like taking every job as it comes yeah. or taking every day as it comes. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is there anything else that you would do or or want to do that's not acting? Is it just this? I think I'd love I'd love to. Um, I think in another world. I would have been like, uh, I could have been a choreographer, like a dance choreographer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but I don't like dance classes, so I suppose I wouldn't be. But uh-huh. I love movement and dancing. Sure. Um, I I would like to make music videos mm-hmm. and write. Those are the two other the immediate passions that I feel a bit like are available to me right now. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you about Boy Erased since that's 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 why we're here. And Ben is back. Both, yeah. Both. I see some similarities in terms of. Mm. I imagine there had to be a lot of preparation, the preparing the meal that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you have to do research about drug addiction and gay conversion therapy? Yeah. Well, I did. I had a, a much more time before Boy Erased than for Ben is back. Mm. Ben is back. I like almost went immediately on to. Um, that filmed this year. Recently. Yeah, it filmed right after Boy Race. So it was like mm. Boy Race is September through November and Ben's Back was December through February. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I tried to do... My research for Boy Race was just like studying... St- just like study the mindset of the oppressor. Like, because mm. that is what the characters like taken on. Like, um... So I tried to just like watch all the all the uh, do as much research as I could about um, a queer history in America um, mm-hmm. and uh, watch as many documentaries as possible and also just get a sense of for me I work best when I have a sense of what it is I'm serving so like I can then make it a selfless if I can make it a selfless act it becomes mm-hmm. more enjoyable for me and less just becomes less about me and I have more fun when it feels like it's less about me. Mm. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, wa- so yeah, I, 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 I read this book called the velvet rage. Do you know about this book? Mm. So, um, it's a really, it's actually a book and, and Andrew Garfield recommended to me cause I went and saw him in angels in America mm-hmm. before I did the play. Um, just cause I was in London and uh, I talked to him about the research he did for prior, and he recommended this one book for me, mm-hmm. which is just specifically about the the shame of being a gay man, and 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 um, was really like um, mm. uh, w- was was very he- was very helpful for me um, mm-hmm. as uh, as somebody who's who's always um, it, it's basically just talking about. The experience of uh, recognizing that, recognizing yourself as an as other, as like being outside of yes. outside of everything else yes. around you, which is which is the story of Boy Raised is like really experiencing yourself as as being isolated mm-hmm. from the world. Yeah, and it's it's shame as oppression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. The, yeah, it's it was hard to watch. I actually, it's funny you say documentary because it felt like a, <laughs> it felt like one. Like oh, a fictionalized documentary. Oh, wow. And I was very grateful that it was fictionalized. 
I was glad wow. that it was like a Hollywood depiction of it because if, if it had been the exact same movie that yeah. you had been a real life person who was being like interviewed instead and that was the main character, Whoa. I would have had to leave the theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And it was, it was helpful to see Nicole Kidman to be like, that's a movie star. Totally. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and she looks like Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So we're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, yeah. It was a very, very intense experience for sure i'm sure particularly i mean uh when garrett came to set it was like the days Mm. became more like this is it it became more it felt more real i mean just obviously felt more real Mm -hmm. uh when he was there and that was uh this is the person you're playing yeah yeah who you had met before to the viewers Mm -hmm. um uh, Garrett is the man who wrote, who lived the story, or a, or a, the or the movie is a, is a, is a, the story with slight variations. Mm-hmm. Um, like my name's Jared, not Garrett. Um, ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you have in depth conversations with him about the his life or his, yeah, yeah, tons, wow. so many, so so many, and we really like. One one of the reasons why the, the the reason why I first really wanted to do the movie was outside of the fact that Joel was write, writing and directing it mm. was that I I've just fell in love with the book and his thoughts mm. and his writing, and we got together in my in the neighborhood I grew up in actually, oh cool and inadvertently just I ended up we talked about his life as we walked through the streets I grew up on oh, so cool. I would like show him my childhood home and and it mm. felt kind of like. I, at one point I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know, I should not be, it doesn't, this doesn't matter. But he was like, no, it feels like a really good gesture. It feels like mm-hmm. I've sh- I'm sharing all this with you and, and now it's like a, you're, it felt like an exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You had two Oscar winners playing your parents and then you have Julia Roberts playing your mom and then you have Frances McDormand playing your yeah, mom. Yeah, right? How, <laughs> what is it like working with Isn't these people? four Oscar winners? <laughs> it's four Oscar winners. <laughs> Playing, playing your parents. It's amazing. Yeah. What um, do you learn from these people? Well, they're all wildly different, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and they're all really good, like good people. Mm. So I can't, you know, I don't know that people say all the time that like, oh, you're going to learn a lot working with these people. Mm. The only... The only times I feel like I've actually learned, because I'm somebody who I like to talk a lot about, I like to ask for advice a lot, but I don't know that I actually learn from when I'm given advice. Like I learn, Mm. I only ever really learn when I have to figure something out for Uh, myself. Oh, okay. So, Hmm. uh... Interesting. I guess guess what I have been exposed to is like, wow, all these people have their ways Mm. of, of doing their job. And their ways are, like, inextricably woven together with who these people are as human mm-hmm. beings. Like, their processes are, per, are like, exact reflections of who they are. Hmm. So, wow. like, I don't, I don't, and anything I'm going to end up learning about what it is to do my job at the end of the day is going to come from me. So, um, that's cool. I, I, but I, I suppose the, the, the only gift I really get from working with these people is from what I'm experiencing from them in the moment, like and and what mm-hmm. and how that informs what I do. Well, and when you said that you are at your are at your most at your best when you're being selfless, is that true for like a scene partner? Uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 a tricky balance because sometimes I've like I've been like, okay, it needs to be, I'm just gonna make it about them. I'm gonna listen to them. I'm gonna listen to them. And then when I do that, I'm like, I'm actually not. Mm. I'm not actually then with them. I'm just like thinking about listening thinking to them. About so listening. it's like <laughs> I'm just like I gotta be with them. I wanna be with them. Oh, mm. they did that. I'm I'm taking that in. I'm taking. But like yeah, it's about finding a way to be really selfish and selfless at the same mm, time. Cool. Because these characters really like. Uh, they, they they want something and they want something mm-hmm. for themselves but it's you know yeah, it's, it's that's kind the selfish of, part it, I it, see it, 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 it you, there has to be some sort of driving force that's coming from me mm-hmm. that can that come that that sort of comes together with the it's but, you know, it's, I'm also just, I haven't figured it out, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, I mean, not, there's no need to, like, you don't have to have it articulated yeah. yet or, like, ever, really, I yeah. think. I think that the idea of, we talk about listening a lot on this podcast, and I think that you're right that if you're totally in your head about, like, the process of listening, mm-hmm. then you're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just being selfish in a selfish, selfish way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I like the idea of being kind of selfless in the scene, but selfish as your character because you're trying to mm-hmm. chasing your objective. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to blend those two without overthinking it in a way that's yeah. unconscious, maybe. Yeah. Rather than yes, I am setting out to do this. Yes, yes. And thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm I'm still really learning what that is, what that means, and. Um, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. That you're still learning that. Yeah. I'm just starting learning it, actually. Yeah. Um, we, as, be, as we are backstage, I always, I love hearing about the advice. What advice we are, we're always asking about the acting advice. So, like, I sometimes ask, you know, what advice would you go back and give your younger self? But you're, you're there. <laughs> I am the younger boy. <laughs> what advice would you give yourself? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, I'd like to take this opportunity actually. Um, um I think it's just like a fr- a friend of mine once told me that he's like Okay, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the basis the basis of it is that the only things I'm ever going to do that are going to mean something to me are going to come from a place of uh listening to myself in an intuitive way as to the direct the direction my life wants to go in. It's not about I don't think it's about paving the career. Like I don't I don't I don't believe that it's like this is my moment like I I'm going to make career choices, mm-hmm. you know. That's not the way to go. Yeah. For me it's like it's a much more mysterious kind of natural flow that reveals itself. Mm-hmm. So I want to be like Every everywhere I go, there's like a, a little thing is unlocked, and and I get to enter into a new doorway, and there are new people there, and and when I get to know these people, there's like there's another there's there are one or two people in here that are like the gateway to the next thing, mm-hmm. and I think the more I can just be tuned into the people in my life today and what where I'm being uh, move where, where I'm moved to uh, to go to work, what I'm moved to work on move to work on uh that then i'll be then i'll be on my way like it's mm-hmm. not the less the le- less i get out of the more i get out of my own way in that respect yeah that's that's what i'd like to to 
to say to myself. I feel that. Yeah, I get that. That it's, I feel like so much of, or I guess for me, like adult life is about identifying what you want. Hmm. And it's so much easier said than done. <laughs> and I like that in the way of, of putting it as a um, intuition. Yeah, intuition. Like those doors are inside. Yeah. The, with the, the keys. It's really true. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know where they're going to go. Yeah. And you got to keep listening. Yeah. And it always leads me back somewhere, mm-hmm. too. It's oh, like, totally. Yes. It's, it's, it's there's not like... And then there's like relearning. Exactly. Yeah. It's... it's, it's in many respects, not even a new place. It's just like mm-hmm. ret- it's a return. Yeah. Yeah. There's no place like home. That's a great saying. <laughs> oh my God, Lucas, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so this much. This is awesome. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In the Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and thank you to the team at Backstage the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rapoport, Rowan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope. Envelope.